0: So those other people that he was showing, who are they? He's got something on them. We're going to hear more. We're going to hear more from his group of people, his collective, I'm sure.
1: Here's that point, uh, Michael. This is from the New York Times. Uh, go to my iPad. Mm-hmm. Multiple people told CNN that Gates had a history of showing off nude photos and videos of women that he said he slept with to colleagues on the house floor. Ooh, he talked a lot of smack on TV and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, going to need a good lawyer.
2: Matt's going to need a team of lawyers, okay, number one. Uh, so there's a number of different things here, Roland. First of all, this is karma. This is universal law. This is the chickens coming home to roost, so I'm loving this. <laughs> That would make a whole lot of sense because half the time when you hear when I hear Matt Geese, he sounds like he's on drugs. Okay? I'm serious. Half the time when I listen to him, I, I'm I, like, what I, the I, I, think, I think he's using Donald Trump Jr. stance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay.
2: Do you have any comments We're not but but so then you have uh a, 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 the, the investigation from starting with the bar department of justice uh this could very well involve having sex with underage girls okay
3: and then if he showed pictures of underage girls they're not
2: underage women okay just just so people understand that if, they, if they're under 18 they're girls Oh. That's right, FCC so, jumping in. So he's being possession of child pornography, and then showing child pornography to other people. The other people he showed it to, they they they're not witnesses. He tried to draw in Tucker Carlson on Tucker Carlson's show. He tried to make and, and and Tucker Carlson could possibly be a witness now. But the other thing is, and I can't take credit for this punchline. David Jolly on MSNBC said this from a Republican. But he said uh the reason why Tucker Carlson said that uh, he didn't remember uh that. <laughs> Maybe to ah! the gentleman woman. <laughs> right.
1: And he's like, oh no, I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is a whole big mess. Right. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. This is karma. This is universal law. Rolling, really, it is what it is. I ain't got no problem. <laughs> Of the car right there. Uh, they came onto the scene. He's been identified as 25 year old Noah Green. Uh, he uh, apparently charged after uh, the officers with a knife. He was shot and killed, according to uh, his Facebook. He is a follower of the Nation of Islam, for his Farrakhan. There, nothing has been confirmed from the Nation of Islam with regards to that. Uh, if you all have. A Officer, that's that officer uh, right there who was pronounced uh, pronounced yet again. Two officers were injured, uh, one uh, seriously, who who passed away um, at the hospital. Uh, And so, uh, it has been uh, a difficult uh, year for Capitol Police officers. Uh, They suffered several suicides. One person died in January 6th insurrection, and of course, that officer uh, died today. And so. long hours, lots of studying and exercise to keep me balanced while experiencing an array of concerning symptoms along the path. I believe that these side effects of drugs I was in taking unknowingly. That's what he wrote on March 17th, signing in brother Noah X. So um, certainly um, uh, a um, horrible story there. A horrible story there. Uh, and if we give more details and we certainly will pass those on. Got to go to a break. We'll be back I'm with our Education Matters segment. Talking about all The passed stimulus package, of course, the American Rescue Plan includes a $40 billion for higher education and nearly $130 billion for K-12 schools. Portions of those funds will be allocated to colleges with endowments worth less than $1 million in emergency need-based financial aid grants to students. Now, funds will also be used to help fund, fund initiatives such as installing ventilation systems, reducing class sizes, implementing social dis- dis- distancing processes, hiring additional staff, and purchasing personal protective equipment. President Joe Biden said this is aimed at really trying to get education rolling in this country and trying to make sure that people don't fall through the gaps as we continue to weather this pandemic. For now, discuss this is uh, Darrell Bradford, executive vice president for 50K, and folks are uh, 50K, in a group I'm on the board of directors, and we actually uh, share offices with them uh, here, roller the Unfiltered. Uh, Darrell, uh, this is uh, one of the largest infusions of money by the federal government in education. Um, in a very long time, some say ever. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's ludic- look.
4: First of all, thanks for having me. It is a ludicrously large amount of money. If you think about the fact that when when President Obama did the stimulus in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, um, there were uh, 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 four point six billion dollars that were used as sort of like discretionary funds to spur innovation and all this other kind of stuff. Between the CARES Act of last spring, the COVID package that was passed uh, at the end of the last administration, and this one, uh, the federal government has sent $190 billion uh, to K-12 schools across the country in in one year. It is an incredible amount of of money, and and what they're going to do with it is a really good set of questions. So what should they do with it? All right, so... To me, there are uh, there's four things that they could that they could take on. Some of which they are prohibited from doing, but these are the four things that I, I think they could do. Um, the one big, big, big thing they could do is decide that they want to modernize all school finance formulas across the country to respect where kids want to school want to go to school, regardless of where they live, right? And to unwind the sort of racist legacy of residential assignment and red line housing policy and how that affects schools and, and that's like a big ticket item nobody's talking about doing that but i think people should be doing that um the second thing is that we we know so before the pandemic one in three kids one in three fourth graders in the country were reading on on grade level or above right uh, uh, on the uh, national assessment of educational progress which some people call the NAEP. And only one in five, one in five black kids were right. So like a third of all kids, twenty percent of black kids. Uh, the data that we've been looking at now says that the last year, though some kids have stri- have thrived, has been horrific for kids for whom the situation was already horrific. And so, uh, you know, I job one is intervene in the summer,
0: right? Like it's it's tutoring, it's
4: enrichment, it's social, emotional uh, uh, um, supports, which are actually uh, noted in the stimulus, in the, stimulus pa- in the uh, uh, American Rescue Plan, um, kids have been locked up, black kids have been literally locked up, right, they've been at home in front of computers for like a year, uh, alone, with all this claustrophobia, um, they need, they need interventions now, right, uh, in the most significant way possible, so that's the second thing. The third thing is kind of like living in plain sight, and there's money in the infrastructure about this, but it's, we got to get this broadband thing sorted out, because until um, in, until we know that schools are going to be open in perpetuity, which is to say until we get the politics of that sorted out, which I'd love to talk about too, um, you've you got to have a, a permanent virtual option in place, right? You, you, you have to if you're going to tell kids they can't go to school, they got to be able to go to school online. They have to have broadband and uh in communities of color and in um in lots of rural areas uh this is an issue that is top of mind that is has surfaced um and uh and it still hasn't been dealt with so we so we got to do that one too and then op- obviously like there are the the obvious ones which are like health and safety of buildings these kinds of things right it's like you want to train teachers if you need to hire some more teachers because in some instances you, you may need to particularly if you want to do the
1: tutoring stuff in the summer like Personnel is obviously going to be uh, a part of this too. Uh, Mark McGee is the founder of 50 Can. He joins us right now. Mark, we were talking about uh, the massive amounts of money uh, going to schools $120 billion, 50 Can's Education Reform Group. Uh, what say you on how the money should be spent? Especially, when we have a lot of kids, a lot of poor students, a lot of uh, black and brown students who have been falling behind as a result uh, of COVID 19.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first thing is to understand how much money we're talking about. So, in a city like Newark, New Jersey, we're talking about over $7,000 per kid. So, when we think about that much money, the question is, how can we spend it in a way that families are going to really feel the impact? So, um, you know, for example, could we say we're going to provide a tutor for every kid who needs one year-round? We're going to provide incredible summer camps kids. We're going to provide all sorts of enrichment activities. We're going to provide them a choice of different schools they want. You know, the the opportunities here are are pretty big in terms of what we could do that previously maybe money restricted us from doing. So I I think our fear is this money gets lost in a bureaucracy and families say, you know, where did it go?
1: Uh, And and that point, especially when you talk about those tutors, because uh, the reality is it's a lot of catch-up that has to be taken place. A lot.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. We've never seen a shock like this in our education system, and so far the data we're seeing, uh, our affiliate in New Jersey, JerseyCan, just came out with a report, and they said about half the kids who were on grade level last year are no longer at grade level. So we know there's a lot of kids that have fallen behind. That's not surprising. It's a lot harder to do schooling remotely. So those kids don't just deserve a return to normal. They, re- they deserve a return to better, and that's what this money can provide. Darrell, go ahead, you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the frustrating thing, just to get to the, the politics
4: on this, is like there are all these things that we want to do with, with the money, and basically the way the money is going to be distributed is meant to stop us from doing all of them. So the the uh, uh, basically, you know, I'm being flipped, but you know, checks are going to state departments of education and to locals, like you know, local school boards, local superintendents, and they have wild wide latitude to do whatever they want to do with the money like the 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 there is there's one line item in the bill that basically says
2: anything that has
4: to do with learning including hiring people which just means you can do whatever you want to do for as long as as you want to do it and the the fact that the money is going through the sort of the education side of government without going through the legislative side of government means that there's like opportunity to do, like, modernize the school finance formula, or have massive community input about, the, you know, policy decisions like Mark mentioned, where, like, yeah, we could hire, you know, uh, uh, some tutors, or we could give every kid a, do, a tutor, right? And, and this, you know, the $7,000 in Newark is on top of the of thirty that is already being spent. Like, you're getting into an area there where you could have... Um, incredible discussions about like front-loading, paying for college, and all, and all these other things. And, and it's very difficult for that conversation to be had with the way the money is uh, being distributed currently.
1: So, Mark, lots of money coming. Uh, we got parents who are watching, people saying, hey, what can I do? What should they be demanding of their school districts, their school leaders, principals, and administrators when it comes to this cash infusion?
5: Yeah, so I think the first step is transparency. What we should be demanding is a plan. So all that money coming into Newark, all that $7,000 per kid, that should be accounted for. And what we deserve from school boards is exactly how they're going to spend the money, and not before they've spent it. They should come out with a plan. They should encourage public input, and parents should know how they're going to get a full $7,000 worth of benefit for their kids. Uh,
1: questions for my panel? Let's start with you, Xavier.
5: Yeah, I
2: think it's, show me the money. And that's the important part, the, the accountability of where
1: dollars go, modernizing, and putting I uh, have some audio issues with Xavier, so guys, let me know when that's all sorted out. Uh, let me go to Candace. Candace, uh, your question for Mark and Durrell.
0: My question is in terms of any type of social services support, because often young people need this type of support, I mean, from whether it's a haircut or clean laundry, that's also a part of it, and when they are at home and have been home for the year, we've seen that their home problems have been magnified. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, SEL, social emotional learning, like like these things are they're ticked off rightfully in what these funds should be spent for, um, uh, should be spent on. To me, what is missing there though is that uh, if you're going to have a strong
4: SEL intervention. For kids in a town, in a neighborhood, you have to actually involve the organizations of the town and the neighborhood. And school districts or schools have varying levels of doing that when they, you know, when we're we're not in a pandemic, Uh, which is why part of this challenge is is a political one. We have to get, um, like Mark said, uh, there has to be transparency around the money. Like People have to know what you want to do with it to be a window of opportunity for community groups and vendors and local folks. Like I heard I heard what you were talking about earlier. Like they, there are lots of local organizations that can support the work of catching kids up and, and, and making them whole and they need a seat at the table. And right now the process is not structured to give folks um, local folks who know their communities and who know their kids best the same opportunity
1: to be um, you know part of the solution. That school district said. Mark? Absolutely. Uh, I'm
5: sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Mark? Go ahead.
5: sorry. I was just going to say, as Darrell was saying, uh, we have so many assets in our communities that can help kids with mental health, that can help them recover from this difficult year. And the way the law is structured, 90% of the money goes into the school district. But we know it doesn't have to stay with that school district. They can distribute it out, they can bring community partners in, and we can make this a collective effort to catch kids up.
1: Michael, go ahead.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I think I missed part of Jarrell's answer there, but what, what I wanted to find out more about was opportunities uh, when it comes to getting contracts to fulfill some of these services, especially for African-American-owned businesses. Um, could, could you talk about uh, more about that, whether it's educational services, janitorial services, uh, any types of uh, contracts that are going to be involved in this. Yeah, I mean, so
4: one of the things at 50K, we talk about, uh, and, and I heard it uh, earlier, you know, we don't want to go back to the way things were before, right? We'd like to have education be something that uh, the community is a part of, where kids are finding their own path in a way that, um, that they never could have before, so there's an opportunity Certainly, schools have tremendous economic impact on their communities, and right now that economic impact is not equally spread. Just like in the advertising world, just like every, I used to work in the publishing industry, I understand. You guys talked about so. So the um, so the important thing, and this actually isn't this isn't an education policy. This is an advocacy policy. Is that you have to arrest the process of the money being spent before it is spent, and that is a political thing, right? So, so to me, if I am a state legislator. I have not been asked anything about how literally hundreds of millions or billions of dollars are going to be spent in my backyard. <laughs> like, like this money is going to fall, literally fall out of the sky without even a discussion about that. And so, so I, I would encourage, like the, the, m- Title I, which I think most viewers know, is the, the primary revenue stream from federal government to, to America school districts and is weighted toward low-income kids and, and communities of color. I'm a business owner, if I'm a retired teacher, if I'm a community center, if I have. If I believe I, have, I can have any role in helping catch up or accelerate, which is even more important, kids who have not had their learning optimized for the last year and probably weren't having it
0: optimized before that, then I need to be on the phone with my state rep right now, my local
4: city council person, my school board person saying, don't spend this money until you talk to me and everybody
1: like me about it. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, final comment. Go
5: ahead. Yeah, I would just say that Darrell's right. The time is now. So this money is just getting sent out to the states and into the districts. So we've got a unique window of opportunity. So in New Jersey, we're talking about $2.5 billion that's going to be sent down into school districts. So if you have ideas about how that money should be spent, if you think you can help in using that money to help kids, this is the time to speak up. And get in touch with your school board and insist that it be spent the right way on behalf of all kids. And if you're a par- and if you're a parent and you
4: have an idea about how that money can be spent, and meaning on you by you, but to help you to help you know your kids' education,
1: you should make that same call. All right, then, gentlemen, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you for having us. Really, appreciate all right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, then, Candace, Michael, and Xavier, thank you so very much for joining us as well today uh, on today's show. Uh, Folks, again, if y'all want to support what
3: we do here at the New York Times has reviewed payment receipts in the federal investigation into whether the Republican congressman congressman's post-Trump ally paid cash to women for sex and whether he had a relationship with a 17-year-old. I'm going to speak with a reporter who saw those receipts in just a moment. First, though, Paula Reed is out front with all the late developments in this case.
0: Tonight, the federal investigation into Florida Congressman Matt Gates for possible prostitution and sex trafficking crimes, including an alleged relationship with a minor, now centering around his friendship with this man, Joel Greenberg. It
4: really is an honor to be here today.
0: In addition, investigators believe Greenberg, a former Seminole County Florida tax collector, recruited multiple women online for sex and that he introduced the women who received cash payments to Gates, who had sex with them, too, according to the New York Times. The Times said it reviewed Apple Pay and Cash App receipts that show Gates and Greenberg made payments to one of the women and one payment from Greenberg to a different woman. In a statement, Gates' office said Matt Gates has never paid for sex. Matt Gates refutes all the disgusting allegations completely.
1: Providing for flights... Uh, And hotel
4: rooms for people that you're dating who are of legal age is not a crime.
0: But a source telling CNN, investigators are examining whether any federal campaign money was involved in paying for travel and expenses for the women. Gates and Greenberg have been friends for years, posting photos together, and Gates even telling a local radio station that Greenberg would make a good member of Congress in 2017.
1: If Joel were to run from Seminole County, I think he becomes the next congressman from the 7th District.
0: The duo, according to a Florida lawmaker, leaving an unsolicited voicemail on her cell phone. She gave a recording of the message to CNN.
2: This is your favorite tax collector. I'm up in the panhandle with your favorite U.S. congressman, Mr. Gates. Hi, Anna. And uh, we were just <laughs> chatting
0: about you and talking about your lovely. We think you're the future of the Democratic Party in Florida. Additionally, information that may connect Gates to a fake ID scheme at the center of Greenberg's case was presented to federal investigators at a meeting last year. Sources familiar tell CNN. Greenberg had entered a plea of not guilty. Attorneys for Greenberg and Gates had no comment. In addition to the federal investigation, multiple sources told CNN Gates showed lawmakers photos and videos of nude women he claimed to have slept with. One source saying Gates shared the images on his phone while on the floor of the house. Tonight, Gates finds himself with few public allies. His communications director resigned earlier today, and even though Gates was one of the most vocal Trump supporters, so far the former president has remained silent amid this escalating set of scandals that could
3: end Gates' political career. The least, if it's all, uh, if it's true. Thank you very much, Paula. So let's go to Katie Benner, Justice Department reporter for the New York Times, uh, who broke the story about the payments, and Dave Ehrenberg, state attorney for Palm Beach County, Florida, who knows Gates from his time serving as a state senator in Florida, while Gates was a state representative. So I'm really glad to have both of you back with me. Katie, let me start with you, because you've been breaking so much of this, and you actually reviewed text messages and payment receipts in this case. The women told their friends that these payments were indeed for sex. It was a very clear transaction. What more did you learn about these encounters?
0: Well, one of the interesting things about the messages that we reviewed is that
3: the messages are very clear. They say, meet me here at this time. I can give you $1,000. Now, the men might argue that the money in those messages would be for something else. But again, keep in mind, it's the women who are saying that they were paid for sex. So the messages (laughs) are clearer, at least, that people were meeting were meeting at a hotel, and that money was going to change hands. We also heard a lot about the drug use that happened in these, um, you know, in these encounters with both Congressman Gates and with Joel Greenberg. Now, keep in mind, of course, I would reiterate that Congressman Gates says these things did not happen. He vociferously denies any of the unsavory character characterizations of any of these meetings. But what the women are saying is that they, there were a lot of drugs used, and these are the sorts of elements that I think that prosecutors are going to look at to decide. Where the line is drawn between dates and wh- and payment for sex. So, Dave, um, you hear Katie's reporting, right? I'll pay you a thousand bucks. Meet me here to multiple women um, at different different times, different hotels and locations. Um, and then she just mentioned uh, the drugs. And in, in Katie's reporting, is that Gates and others would uh, take ecstasy as an example before having sex. How important could this be to the case? This drug use.
6: Good evening, Aaron. I think where it's important is that it is something of value that is provided in exchange for the sex, so that gets you to sex trafficking. You have to show whether it's cash or drugs or hotel rooms or flights or expenses. I don't think it goes any further than that because I know some people say, well, it shows a level of coercion, but when it comes to child sex trafficking, you don't need Force fraud or coercion like you do for adult sex trafficking. When it comes to minors, they've got a lot more protection, and the law is a lot broader. Uh, now, I think also where it matters is to prove that Matt Gates had sex with the underage girl. That's the key to this case. You either need the girl to testify, you need to have documents, like the one that Katie was referencing that show a pattern of payments about the same time that hotel rooms were booked, or you need Joel Greenberg Turn state's evidence and now that he's sitting in a jail cell waiting for his own sex trafficking trial involving the same 17 year old girl he may want to play let's make a deal with federal prosecutors
3: well it's hard to imagine why he would why at this point he would cover as you as you pointed out just to be clear dave i mean the, the 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 prison sentence for for these things if convicted is many years right many years so there'd be an incredible incentive to to turn in your buddy if that would produce that right
6: Absolutely. For, for Joel Greenberg, he's facing decades in prison. Matt Gates, if he is charged with child sex trafficking, he will be facing up to life in prison. There's another element here. There's a conspiracy that could be charged, depending on the facts, because Greenberg was charged with more than just sex trafficking. He was charged with identity theft, wire fraud, and all these other things. Matt Gates could be charged with a lot of those same things if it's shown that they engaged in a conspiracy. Then... Gates would be just as guilty as Joel Greenberg for the crimes that Joel Greenberg has allegedly committed. So for Gates, there's no good outcome here, uh, and, and even if he survives it in a criminal justice system, it's still terrible for his political career. I don't see how he survives politically. He would be lucky just, lucky just to avoid a lengthy prison sentence here.
3: That's pretty incredible to think about this. So, Katie, I want to play again some of that audio message that Gates and Greenberg uh, together Uh, because I think this just makes the point A, that they're together doing all these things. Well, they're together. They leave this voicemail together for Florida State Representative Anna Eskamani. Let me play it again.